Hey, 336ers, before we get started, I want to share with you about our newest sponsor we're really excited about. them. They are called Podcorn, podcorn.com. It's a marketplace that connects podcasters with great podcast sponsors, so you're going to be hearing a lot more, well, not a lot more, but one a week, uh, sponsors coming on to this podcast show to help us get through this new season. So it's all going to be host-read ads, maybe once in a while an interview or a discussion based around a product. All thanks to Podcorn. They do. Uh, there's no middleman. Podcorn reaches out to podcasters and connects them with appropriate sponsors that you, the listener, would be interested in. Their marketplace mission is to give podcasters transparency, the creative freedom, and full control on how to do the podcast, how to do the ads. So they're not even giving me a script for this. You can click on the link in the show notes or go on over to podcorn.com. So we want to thank podcorn.com for sponsoring this episode. And if you're doing a podcast, as we know, there's many podcasts coming up for Baltimore sports. Go check out podcorn.com forward slash podcasters in order to check it out. Behind home plate, we bringing it to them all day. All day. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. We bringing it to you always. always. You know what's up? Black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? What's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Now, here come the boys from Section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336. Next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I'm your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. Hey, Matt, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. I'm enjoying, yeah, all this news, baseball news. This has been the most baseball news in spring training since I can remember, and we're just starting with spring training. It's crazy. Yeah, I've got like three pages of stuff like Orioles related that I thought we could talk about. That I've scribbled down the past few days, but I feel like we're going to end up talking more Astros and cheating because every day there's more quotes and every quote is more is just adding more fun to this scandal. Yeah, I saw which is it. weird because it's a, I think it's a worse scandal than even PEDs, but the way it's being handled is just entertaining because it's being handled so poorly. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is being handled poorly. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's also kind of really entertaining. So I'm enjoying every second of it. Second of it. Right. We got to get to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I just put the, the kids down. I'll tell you what, the hardest part about parenting, Josh, I'll stick with this. The hardest part about the parenting is putting on those stupid footy pajamas. I don't understand why they just don't have, why do these babies, every pajama she has for this one-year-old, is a footy pajama every single one and i'm like sweaty freddie garcia trying to put this pajama on her uh just sweating stressing me out and it's just the worst part of parenting uh these these pajamas okay i I mean yeah the footy pajamas are pain but um i mean at least you're putting on kids you're not one of these grown-up adults that are going around in the onesies right i can't imagine i'm already sweating putting on my little tiny old flexible one-year-old body i can't imagine my body so inflexible putting a a one a onesie on me a footy pajama on me forget about it i can't bend my knee that way no i get a little creeped out every time i see a a a, especially if it's an adult male wearing a onesie i'm definitely creeped out but i think i'm not sexist i think the women creep me out also in onesies yeah i don't recall seeing very many grown-ups in Onesies—is that a thing that adults do? Oh, that's a thing. Yeah, yeah that's a thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I, they're comfortable, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't what's know. the uh, what's the blanket with armholes? Like snuggy. Yeah, snuggy. You gonna get into that thing too? Just because it's comfortable doesn't mean you need to accept it. It's true. It's true. People put comfort now above all things. We become obsessed with comfort. But well, that's. Yeah, a bunch of strawberries. Yeah, it's a bunch of strawberries. Everybody wants to be comfortable. Well, yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things being ran now by by comfort, 
and uh, things not being hard. Yeah. So yeah, you can you can put that all the way down to pajamas or what clothes you wear to the grocery store or you know where I saw them, airplanes. Stupid people wearing onesies mm. to go on airplanes. Mm, that's weird. Yeah, I see it all the time in high school, like kids rolling in and in uh, just pajama pants and slippers. High school. That, that's allowed in your high school? They don't have like a no pajamas? Apparently no. not. I don't know. Because then it becomes hard to distinguish like sweatpants um, as opposed well, that, to yeah. pajama pants. It becomes, it's, a, it's hard to distinguish sometimes. Yeah, the, uh, the, the middle school down here that Brooke goes to has some dress code about no um, uh, no leggings for girls. Mm. But you can wear yoga pants. And I don't understand what the difference is between a legging, a yoga pants, and stretchy pants. Like, mm. they all look like the same. And I don't know, but apparently there's a difference. And leggings you can't have, but the others you can have. And I don't understand. Yeah, I don't, to be honest, full disclosure... Hope no one's listening. I hope none of my administrators are listening. I have no idea what the dress code is at school. I've never well, looked. I have no you're idea. You're one of like seven teachers that sees them that day. You would just assume another teacher will deal with that. Yeah, and like dress, if so- dress code conversations are awkward. Yeah, and if yeah, for especially for for the for the ladies. But if I if I saw something egregious, I would say something, right? Like if a kid rolls in like a Budweiser T-shirt, which is a classic Eastern Shore thing to do. Like I see something wait, wait, that, that that's not allowed. That sounds like Eastern Shore. Yeah, but you still like, can't so, wear you can't wear like drugs or alcohol paraphernalia on your clothing. How about Trump paraphernalia? That's big oh, down man. here. Oh man, yeah, that's yeah, that's wear at your own risk. Um, we went, but yeah, we went to a uh, on Saturday. Mandy and I went to a flea market down here. We've seen like the the big billboards for it, but I haven't been to a flea market in like. Who knows how long I've been. Maybe 20 years since I went to a flea market. So we went to this big outdoor flea market down here. And you want to talk about Trump country. Mm. They, they're at this flea market, they've got your standard. You know, What do you think at a flea market? you got antique booths, vegetables, like homemade breads and stuff. Yeah, someone's sewing these, um, these pot holders, handmade pot holders. Yeah, exactly. The and they had that stuff. Holders. Yeah. They had that stuff. And then they had like old video games and records and stuff. And then you've got the big giant booth in the middle to register to vote and or buy your Trump support and stuff. Hmm. So your Trump flags, your Trump uh hats, sweatshirts, shirts, uh big Trump cardboard cutouts, whatever you want Trump, you could buy it there. And then multiple vendors of guns. All types of guns, hunting guns. Oh, and lots of fishing rods, but lots of guns, which surprised me. But I'm in Florida, so it is what it is. Yeah, it's how, it, it's how things are down here. Yeah, we had a lot of that at the the summer county fair. There was a couple of different Trump booths at the county fair. So yeah, I feel like the Eastern here. Shore and Florida probably have a lot of similarities. Yeah, it's probably true. It's probably true. Because it is. There's a lot of farm boys around here, the area where I live in Florida. Like, I'm not in, the, I'm not in Miami. I'm not in a big city. I'm in a yeah. lot of farm country. Yeah, and that's what it is, right? It's not suburbs. It's farm country. And farm countries, you have people who are, you know, grow up kind of isolated in these farms. And, you know, they got a, they got a certain way about them. I don't know. Or you ask anyone down here, it's, I need to protect myself. Right. Right, you're you're so. staying your ground laws down there in Florida, sure. Right, right. Which I can understand when I see some of the news reports coming out of Florida, coming right down the street. Yeah. So well, there's bad news everywhere. So where are we going with this? We're gonna start with the Orioles showing up and a whole bunch of faces we don't recognize showing up to spring training. Uh, the Hawk showing up at, at Orioles spring training, or you want to go with the Astros, Manfred's stupid comments, all of the. Basically, everyone in Major League Baseball hating the Astros. Which one you want to tackle first? Yeah, I mean, you were sharing about some of the... I mean, this was, I think you're right, like a week of dumb quotes. And this was true both with the uh, Orioles um, and like and I think there was some dumb quotes with Brandon Hyde and Chris Davis. But certainly and a lot Mike of Elias. Dumb quotes and Mike Elias. And dumb quotes from Rob Manfred. And dumb quotes, surely from pretty much every 
person associated with the Astros. So there was right. a lot of dumbness going around. But then there were some great quotes, too, like Nick Markakis and Mike Trout and others, other baseball players that had great quotes. Even uh, LeBron James got involved today with a great quote. Yeah, and let me be clear on this whole Astros scandal thing. I think this is 100% great for baseball. I know people are talking about firing Manfred. I'm like, give Manfred a raise. I've never been so amped up for baseball than I am this season. I cannot wait to see what the Astros, how other teams handle the Astros. And has this whole thing been mishandled? Yes, it has been mishandled. Is it so freaking entertaining and maybe pump for baseball? Yes. So I love everything about it. I love that now LeBron James get involved. I love like Nick Prakakis, who didn't say a word his entire career with the Orioles, um, now speaking out and saying that they should be beat. I, I love all this stuff. And the, the apologies for the Astros, like I hated it. <laughs> They're not but at the same time. I loved it. Like, they regretted that this thing happened. <laughs> like, they, like right. it was out of their control. They regretted it happened. What? Like, you didn't have a part in it. Because they're right. not I'm, sorry. And that's what makes I'm, it great. No. They're sorry they, they get caught. Even then, I don't think they're that sorry. Because what did it cost them? Like, I don't even think they're sorry they got caught. So they right. lost their GM and their manager. What do they care? So they got away scot-free. They know it. And they don't think. Like, I think they, they if they could do it all over again, they would do it all over again. They don't feel bad about it. And so uh, I think that's great because that makes them easy to hate. Like, and that yep. makes other, like, I think the problem here, right, here is, is Rob Manfred, I think would have been fine. Everyone, oh my gosh, Rob Manfred has taken so much heat. He would have been fine if the Astros and the Astros owner Crane showed like sincere remorse about what they did. But the fact that they don't show remorse, all the other players are like, the guys aren't even sorry and they get no punishment. What the but heck Manfred is happening? And then that's where it comes down to. Manfred kind of put part of this on himself by no punishment for the players. By, by thinking that, like, by really thinking that punishing the team and the, the coaches and the GM would be enough. That the players who were actually doing the cheating, getting away with it, and they're the ones that have the World Series always tied to them, and they've got the rings, they've got the trophy. To think that no punishment for them, no one would notice, that's a big mistake by Manfred. And sure, Manfred kind of, I'm sure his thought was, we'll pass on this punishment. Everyone will forget about it by the time uh, the baseball season gets here. But there's no way this is going away. Uh, it's very clear that players are upset and fans are upset. And Houston, what does Houston handle worse? The response, the apology to this or the response and apology to the sexist comments uh, around the World Series. Oh yeah, that that uh, that was like in a good novel. There's foreshadowing, but it's not a series. Just kind of a foreshadowing of what's to come. The the sexist scandal was a foreshadowing of of this story, which is kind of much bigger. Here's a couple comments by Rob Manfred. We're talking about dumb quotes. Okay. Josh, I want you to respond to these two comments. Here's the first comment by uh, Rob Manfred. The first quote. The idea of an asterisk or asking for a piece of metal back seems like a futile act. People will always know that something was different about the 2017 season. And whether we made that decision right or wrong, we undertook a thorough investigation and the intestinal fortitude to share the results of that investigation, even when those results were not pretty. So a couple of things there. He calls right. the World Series trophy a piece of metal. A lot yep. of people have been criticizing him for that. And then he like pats himself on the back that they had the intestinal fortitude to release the yeah. results of their investigation. Right, right. You might want to investigate a little deeper because there's still lots of comments about questions about buzzers. So keep digging. Uh, as far as the piece of metal, as far as the piece of metal, I understand not taking the World Series trophy away, not taking the rings away. That's weird. I understand the asterisk. You can convince me of all that stuff. That's fine. But to call it a piece of metal is the most disrespectful thing. It's called the commissioner's trophy. You are the commissioner, and you're calling a piece of metal. In Baltimore, we've waited for 36 years just wanting to see that piece of metal. That piece of metal means an awful lot to an awful lot of people, and it's what your entire business that you run, it's what everyone strives for, that piece of metal. And calling it a piece of metal, it, it, I would say he... If, if it was the head of the players' union that called it a piece of metal, 
I think they would look to replace him. The fact that he's a commissioner, you're not gonna, he's not going to go out because of a piece of metal comment because he's making the owners a lot of money. But a piece of metal is about as disrespectful as you can comment as you can make. And he did come out today and try to try to correct himself and clean it up and apologize for that comment. Yeah, I mean the, I mean I get what he's I get this point though, right? That it was happened two years ago. Right. So taking the World Series trophy from them. Totally. Does, people still are going to associate them as the champions, even if you take the trophy away from them. So I get his point. Here's a, here's a second quote, but you're right, but it's just dumb to say. Here's the second quote by, by Rod Manfred. Hey, today he did say, in an effort to make a rhetoric, uh, rhetorical point, I referred to the World Series trophy in a disrespectful way. It was a mistake to say what I said. Yeah, did he apologize for this next comment? <laughs> What's the next comment? Um... Here's another thing that people criticized um, in that same speech where he talked about the piece of metal. He says the public airing of what went on here is a form of discipline and may be the most powerful deterrent in anything we did here. So he's saying the the punishment was the fact that we announced it and everybody heard that they cheated. And that was uh, the, mm-hmm. the punishment. Who's I don't know. How, <laughs> I don't know how much you're into politics, but there's some lady who was on all of the. Some uh, Republican senator who, after the whole impeachment thing, was going around and saying, well, this was good because Trump learned his lesson and he'll never Mm. do it again. That's basically the same thing he's saying is we embarrassed them. It's okay. They got punished. They got no punishment. There's no such people who want to say, let's move on from it. They didn't they didn't get a punishment. Imagine if you were if you stole something from the store and they uh someone else the manager of the store got in trouble or something and you didn't you just walk away you're not going to learn anything from that there's no there's no discipline nothing it's ridiculous yeah with that said though i i don't think he's wrong right like i think it's a dumb thing to say but i don't think he's wrong in that the public airing what trout saying what marquez is saying what cody bell bell is saying like that's that's having an impact. Like these players hate the Astros, and I think someone playing for now playing for Kansas City Royals who might be tempted to cheat sees what happens here. But Nick Barkakis is saying what Trout's saying, what Bellinger's saying, what everybody's saying. Listen, if I was considering cheating after the reaction of the players, I'm probably not going to cheat because I don't want Cody Bellinger and Mike Trout and Nick Barkakis coming at me. Yeah, and I get that. And I cannot wait to see how this team is handled when they go from city to city. Uh, forget pitchers being in them. We can get to that. But just the fans are going to be yelling cheaters every time. If Altuve's struggles at the beginning of the season, they're going to say it's because he doesn't know what pitch is coming. I mean, everything's going to be questioned about these guys. Even worse, I really think of A-Rod after the steroids when he had, he just people were just screaming, uh, steroids at him nonstop, and this is that's what's going to happen to the entire Astros team. It's it's did, it's amazing. Did you? But do, but do you think like Rod Manfred here? And I'm I feel like I'm a, alone on the island, and I think Rod Manfred's okay. Like I think he's okay, um, and I think I love how he's trying to innovate the game and try new things, and he's like a proactive commissioner, and I like that. And as far as the punishment on the Astros, I'm not exactly sure what people wanted him to do. Um, what do you suspend the whole, all the players on the team for fifty games? I don't think it's appropriate to go back three years ago and take away the World Series trophy. I don't think that's the answer. I don't think that that does anything either. That's like next to no punishment. So, Josh, if you were the commissioner, Rob Manfred, in this situation, is there something he could have done differently as far as punishments that would have been more effective? You think? Yeah, yeah, I think of this, and uh, everyone looks to the NCAA and how they like have taken trophies away from players and we don't want to be that but what the NCAA has done that you could take away from this is they ban a team from uh postseason play and I think you could easily say all right Astros you know what you're banned from postseason play for two years you could impact the players financially with with fines I I'm you've got to get a little creative and the players union is of course going to fight you but it, whatever Manfred wants to do the players' union is going to kind of be on your side because there's so many people in baseball irritated. So if the players, if Manfred makes a 
big punishment and the players' union tries to come out to protect the Astros, they're going to hear from Mike Trout, Nick Markakis, and other players saying, Union, what are you doing? Let, let them get their punishment. So I would like to see something uh, on these players. But, yeah, you're right. I don't know. Fi- you can do financial punishments and all. I don't know what you truly do. But there's got to be something because when you come out and you say uh, not to bean these guys and tell your players who are all angry at this team and when you didn't do anything about it, you don't even – you can't – you at least need to do something so you can turn to Mike Trout and you can turn to Nick Markakis and say, I took care of it. I punished them. You guys do not have to. Yeah, that's becomes an awkward thing when you're punishing the guy who – like the guy right, – the, the pitcher hits, hits the Houston player and you punish the pitcher for hitting the Houston player. and then, So he gets a punishment while the Houston player who cheated to win a World Series – still doesn't get punished. Just other right. people on the opposing team gets punished. Like, that's an awkward thing for Manfred to sell. And it's something that, like, I think I think there's a lot of baseball players who will be like, all right, I'll take the punishment. I got to set. I gotta make a point. We got to yeah. stand together in this. Sure. And, and I think you will see, especially first times around, first time you're playing these teams, they, Houston starts in Oakland. I think you'll see it in Oakland where uh, – once the A's get a decent lead or something, you'll see a guy warming up, and you'll have, and you know the the pitcher's coming inside. You're going to throw someone out, let your pitcher get tossed, and you've got a guy to come in for him. Yep, per- preferably if it's Altuve or Bregman or Correa, they seem yes. like to be the the worst um, pe- people with this. And yeah, and this is something that I've never seen before in sports. In sports, it's always players versus kind of commissioner so that makes sense right. that the players against the commissioner but it's usually because they feel that the commissioner takes the side of the owners well here yep. is the commissioner not punishing players and normally like other players like that right because the commissioner is taking the side of the, of the Houston Astros players but this is a case I think a rare case I think it shocked Manfred where he backed the players and that backfired as all the other players are going after Manfred for backing the players. I don't know if I've ever seen that before in this whole commissioner-player dynamic. Because usually, right, you want to be, um, you want to support the players, and if you support one player, all the other players kind of rally around you. But that has not at all happened with this whole Houston Astros thing. So it's just, it's fascinating on so many levels. It is. Um, yeah. Do you think? I don't know. Do you think? Are you surprised, I guess, that baseball has not made a rule yet to ban video use during games? Like, I'm surprised that here we are, spring training is rolled out, and they haven't set a new rule of, like, no video use. It's a simple thing. You just say no video use. If the players' union pushes back, you say, come on, we got to do this. We'll try it for a year. Let's see how it goes. No video use. I don't understand why there hasn't been a rule change, like, in response to this. Yeah, and I, I thought there um, – I'm sure there will be, actually. So he even, says there will be, but I am surprised it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. The if, fact yeah. that he's delaying announcing a rule change makes me think the rule change gonna, is going to be stupid and not, uh, not very helpful or effective, not a harsh rule. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be curious to see if, if what else happens from here, right? Because if nothing happens, if Manfred does nothing else – and the season just goes on. <sighs> I gotta, I just gotta do something. I, um, but but usually, like commissioners, just you know, let me let me, let me let's just blow over. But I don't. This doesn't have the feeling of something that's blown over. Um, and so I think banning stuff like video equipment is like common sense type stuff. Um, I guess maybe you got to figure out the wording of it and exactly what's going to be allowed and how you're going to do it. So maybe there's organizational things that goes into it. But certainly yeah. at some point before the season starts, he has to kind of address the rules that were the rules here, right? And how to make this sure this doesn't happen again. Right. Uh, I'd love to see a harsh rule that maybe we can step back in the future, but go harsh first, like ban all video first, and then we can look and re- reevaluate and step back. Um, yeah, we got to listen to all you, the games on the radio. 
<laughs> right, 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 right. No, te- no cameras at all in stadiums anymore. Yeah. Go, go, go strong. Um, all right, so we want it's a fan it's amazing how you have fans and players both on this like out for blood uh, with the astros i'm with you th- uh manfred yeah yeah i'm with manfred but especially with the astros and players are going to take it out by being in players and by making comments like they made uh like nick Marquette is saying all the players should be beaten do you think that we will see teams having when the when the astros come to town have trash can night and give away like <laughs> Oriole trash cans when the Astros are in town, yeah, and I'm, I mean they got to do something. Something something like that would be. I don't know how teams want to treat each other because it's kind of like beating the, the other owner while he's down, and uh, there's lots of teams that could make fun of the Orioles over the years, but I feel like there's going to be lots of fans trying to take trash cans into stadiums. Yeah, I mean there's going to be a lot of posters, a lot of jokes. Maybe even little trash cans. I mean, certainly, I think teams will stay away from it because, I mean, this is an ugly issue for baseball. I think this is a little bit too too close, right. a little too real for... I don't think we're going to have an incident like with the Orioles giving uh, David Ortiz a phone. Like, uh, like even that... Trying even to make smashing, fun of it. Smashing the phone is one thing, but David Ortiz never messed with the integrity of the game besides taking steroids. He never messed with the integrity of the game and, like, bagging trash cans or something. So I think people are still too sensitive and upset all around baseball to make light of this in any way. So, no, I think fans will have a good time with it, I hope, because we should make – this should be a joke and the Astros should be a laughing stock. But I think major league baseball teams, this is much too serious and they're way too angry to make jokes about this. Did you see uh, Pucciaroli did some research and over those three years the Orioles played – uh, in Houston, twenty games, and they got blown out in most of them. They won three games. Yeah, but that. In, uh, well, well, this is where it becomes really tough, right? Because the Orioles pitchers always suck. So, like, right. what is that really? Well, and the Astros have a good offense, so it's really hard to tell with those things. Yeah, well, that's like the guy who the pitcher for the Blue Jays who's suing them. Yeah, which is another his, great part of the story. Right, he's not. He was never a great pitcher, but then you look, and that last his last outing was against the Astros, and he got blown up. By the Astros, so you do have to think: Did he not get another shot to redeem himself because of the Astros? Yeah, and, and that and that's the thing that really ticks me off, and that's what ticked, ticked Nick Markakis off, and really, and this is what was never mentioned in the apologies: how it impacts other players. Like they apologize to the fans, but they cost other players jobs. They cost other players. MVPs and World Series like there was real implications for other players in the game because when you cheat it's not like you know when you cheat it's not just like it's just right. you it's right? not, it's not you just versus like you. the house yeah it's not you for the, for the house like you're costing other people like you're costing other players ERAs to go higher which could in turn cost them jobs or at least cost them money and so like there's very real consequences to other, you hurt other people when you cheat. And I think that's why people are really upset. If this was just like what they did on their own and it just affected them and they benefited, fine, that kind of sucks. But the fact that you benefited off other people's suffering, off other people's struggling, is really what makes it such an egregious thing. And really what makes someone like Nick Marcakis, who's done things the right way his entire career, his entire career, ticked off because he's over there working his tail off and these guys are taking shortcuts. I mean, it's the same thing. We saw people upset at um, at the end of the steroid era. Era, We saw people getting upset at people using steroids because like we're out here working our butt off to do this the right way. Oh boy, taking drugs to cheat and get better. No, like we're not doing that. It's not fair. We need a, a fair playing field. And, and so, yeah. And so I, I, I applaud that guy for suing the Astros. He's not going to win, but I applaud the effort. And, uh, and I applaud... Um, any plunking of Astros players, I'm all for it. Let's right. have all of it. Do you know who Dave Hugens is, Hudgens? No. All right. So in 2017, uh, he was the bench coach, or no, a hitting coach for the Astros in 2017. And he heard the banging, and he asked players about it and learned what it was about and knew what was going on. So he's then moved on, and now he's a bench coach at another team. But he didn't say anything. He just kept it to himself. 
So he apologized today about it, saying that he should have gone uh, to AJ Hinch's office and talked to them about it. But and I and that brings me, the reason I bring up this guy's comments is because Mike Elias made some comments. So we can steer it the Orioles way. He made comments this week when he was asked about it because he worked for the Astros in 2017, and he said that he heard rumors about it, but didn't look into it. Is that strange to you? That seems really odd to me that you would hear rumors about your organization cheating and you wouldn't question it. There was a a study done a little while ago looking at why people let bad things happen to other people, right, and don't step in when something bad's happened to someone else. And what the study showed is if you were like, or even like if there's something happened, like they, they, they put people in a room and they started to slowly fill the room with smoke. Right. And if you were alone, you were more likely to immediately like go tell someone, hey, I see smoke coming into the vents like there's smoke here. But if you were with a group of people, you were less likely to say something about the smoke because I guess because maybe you thought that if the other person wasn't panicking, then you weren't worried about it. Or if they weren't doing anything, then then you don't need to do anything or, you know, Um, so like you're more likely to let things happen if you're in a group than if you're by yourself and you feel like you're the only person who can say something. So I think with Michael Elias, and I think when you get the, these whole organizational things where this is an acceptable way to run business and like, you know, cut corners, I think it's just par for the course. And if you're Michael Elias, you might think, oh, listen, someone else higher than me, you know, there's a lot of people in this organization, someone else higher than me who's really more directly involved with the baseball business will address this like i was thinking about like in in my job like if my principal was up to shady business right like maybe helping kids pass tests or something i would assume like it's it's not my place one of the other assistant principals will step in or my principal can't be doing that so i think once my principal gets wind of that and my prince if i know about it certainly my principal knows about it so once she hears about it I'm sure she'll, she'll, she'll address it. So I think, especially when you're a group, an organization, it's so easy to justify not doing something when you hear something. Um, because you, you just come up with easy reasons to, to why, I, to justify it. So I, I find I it guess, believable. Not I, correct, but believable. I guess, but I also like, he's high, he was higher up in the position than a, than a teacher. And, and, if you hear your, if you hear rumors of your kids talking about how some group of kids are cheating, you're gonna, even if it's the cheating on a math class, even though you're teaching English, aren't you gonna ask something about it, or say, or say to your math teacher, "Hey, I heard this." Yeah, I mean, I, I'll ignore your disparaging remark against teachers, but yeah, pro- pro- probably. No, I'm saying I'm saying <laughs> a teacher, a teacher in the in the flow chart that you were saying, you were jumping straight to the part. Of a of the principal, and I think um, I don't know. I can only put it in my own shoes, where I am an operations manager at a company. So I've got managers beneath me and technicians beneath them. And whenever I hear something going out on the field with the technicians or something that's going on, I personally go out into the field and look into it and check it out and and straighten it out. Um, I know Mike Elias was on the minor league side, so I guess it would be me ignoring something that's in a different department kind of but i don't know it seems a little odd it seems like something that he shouldn't have even commented made a comment like that today i think it just goes to the list of stupid comments from the past week yeah because he this was brought up earlier and he didn't say anything that earlier right and so why all of a sudden now does he say that there that there were rumors but again i think and here's the frustrating thing with the story there's rumors going back to 2017 that MLB was looking looking into this all the way back then. So maybe the rumors that Michael Elias was talking about were not just Astros rumors. They were rumors kind of across baseball. Um, and Josh, I think in, in your scenario too, Josh, in your metaphor there, uh, analogy, I think you are Jeff Lunau in that situation. So I think like if you're, if, if, if people were cheating so. under you, like it's on you to make sure that doesn't happen because you're Jeff Lunau and you're kind of overseeing them and responsible for it. But you're right. Michael Elias in that flow chart is not working with those same people that are committing 
the illegal acts. Like he's working with a different group of individuals and overseeing a different group of individuals. So I don't like. I think Which Michael is, Elias you know has plausible deniability here. All right, so I'll give you that. I'll give you that Michael Elias had nothing to do with the 2017 Astros because he was in like the minor league department. Which then brings up the question of why are the Oriole fans like praising Michael Elias as this like big deal who's going to turn this organization around when he was not the guy in charge when the Astros won the World Series? I guess because, and you just can't help taking shots at Michael Elias, but because a lot of the talent of the Houston Astros was homegrown. So I think the, the idea is they were a terrible franchise, losing over 100 games for multiple years. They brought in Mike Elias to draft and develop talent that eventually helped to the majors to win the World Series. But you're right. Like, it makes you question if the Astros won the World Series, like, if they didn't do all this trash can banging and win the World Series, would Mike Elias be such a hot commodity if the Astros didn't cheat to and, get all the success? Like, and, th- 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 these are fair questions. And you can't praise Mike Elias because of the 2017 Astros yet him go and step away like I had little to do with the 2017 Astros. You can't you can't be the guy that you got you can't be that you got this huge job and this big pay raise and all this stuff because of a team that you're now acting like, "Oh, I wasn't involved that much." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's uh yeah, yeah, you're 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 having your cake cake and eating it too. uh type thing and and so yeah, you're right. It's hard to have it both ways. And I think Michael Elias should take some heat for this um, just because he was involved in it. But again, the commissioner um, did not mention him, right? He was not part of right. the whole story. So I think if you're Michael Elias, like you can thank your lucky stars um, and go on about your business and hope that this thing never, your name is never mentioned again and you just scrub it off your resume. Like if I'm Michael Elias, I'm going in my resume, deleting that I ever worked for the Astros during those years. Just delete that for, for the resume. Just, just say I was, uh, I don't know, unemployed for, for those years or something. And uh, and pretend like those those unfortunate events n- never happened. Um, but yeah, but I think it doesn't call into question his ability to draft. He can still, right, still has a rotation of drafting well, of developing young players. Um, but certainly it's... Any any mention of management being corrupt, and it seems like a lot of people knew about it, and that does not look good for Michael Elias. Um, but for the sake of the Orioles, hopefully nothing else comes up about this, and I hope Michael Elias honestly says nothing else about this. This is the first... Michael Elias always says the right thing, I feel like. He always is honest and kind of transparent. And this is this was the first comment this week when he talked about hearing rumors where you, uh, you cringed a little bit. Um, the, for the first time, everything else Michael Elias has done has been brilliant, but this does make you kind of cringe a little bit. Brilliant, going with brilliant. Mm. Okay, um, all right. Well, let's get into the Orioles. Speaking of cringing, yeah, where, where you want to go? You want to go straight to Chris Davis? Sure. Talk about cringeworthy. Oh my gosh, he, he bulked up, added twenty five pounds of muscle. Have you seen picture? Yeah, it's impressive looking. Man looks it good. Looks, he looks good. It looks like an extra 25 pounds of muscle. It's oh, an incredible man. hulk out there. Yeah, there's there's 0% body fat on this big boy. I mean, he's freaking Popeye. I mean, he's, he's, he's the hawk. Chris Davis is back, baby. He looks good. Screw the Orioles' uh, um, um, analytics department. He's going in the weight room department. That's where Chris Davis is at. Um, working, who is he working out with? Um, Craig Gentry. <laughs> Craig Gentry, which Love makes it that. hilarious. Love that. He is. It is not possible. And I know Chris Davis doesn't do this intentionally. I don't think he does this intentionally. But it is not possible for Chris Davis to troll Oriole fans any more than he does. <laughs> I mean, the only thing he could do to troll Oriole fans anymore is like to mock the fact that he won't adjust his batting stance by like crouching down real low and making right. fun of it. Like oh, wait a minute. It. Like he did yo- that. Yoga stretches and all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like he is. He. And I think, honestly, like he's just oblivious. He made those comments about how he expects to be an everyday player until proven otherwise. Dude, yep. the past two you years, were proven otherwise. Yes. you were one of the worst players in the history of baseball the last two years. And now you're, you think you're an everyday player? Like, well, he's he makes, just, he's clueless. He's clueless. 
Bless he his heart. The, Bless his heart. He's clueless. Right. He made that comment after <laughs> saying that he considered retirement. So he knows he sucked. I don't know. I I love Chris Davis, and I hope that putting on these 25 pounds makes a difference. What I My one takeaway is how frustrating we've been at Chris Davis with the called third strikes. It seems like it happened all the time. And the one thing I'm taking away from all these comments he's saying is he wants to be more aggressive, and he's going to be swinging more at the plate. So I feel like we're going to no longer have these called third strikes with Chris Davis, but we might have a lot of one, two, three strikes, swinging strikes with Chris Davis. But if this bulk helps them hit the ball long, I'm all for it. If it means that we get some more uh, bats broken across his leg, I'm all for that. So whatever. I don't care. Chris Davis, this team's going to suck this year, so I'm all in to watch the Incredible Hulk uh, go up to bat for the Orioles. Yeah, but after these comments, um, I'm going to boo Chris Davis. And don't hate on me because Chris Davis is asking to be booed. Look at his comment. Here's what he's he's saying, boo me. He is. He's saying boo me with every – and Josh, you mentioned retirement. He didn't consider retirement. That's the biggest. He, I don't oh, no, believe. I know. He just said it. He, I don't think he did. He had. He has ninety-seven million dollars, or ninety-seven million reasons. Let me put it that way. To not consider retirement. He didn't consider uh, consider retirement. And I love this quote by Brandon Hyde. I love this quote by Brandon Hyde. He said, talking about Chris Davis. I thought he looked great. Came to camp in great shape. Took BP. Took a nice BP out there in the stadium. The ball really came off his bat. Loved the way he came in. And for me, that's Brandon Hyde being nice. But like, I'm I'm like, I don't even know that. That's like one of those things that come across as too nice. Like, are you being sarcastic? Like, you loved the way he came in as he ignored all the advice that we gave him. Um, and so, but this is setting up for 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 Brandon Hyde to, to bench him. And to say, like, listen, beginning of spring training, I, I said all the nice things. I said all the right things. Like, he's trying to get off on the right foot with Chris Davis. But, like, we know where this is going. Nobody thinks Chris Davis' career is going to turn around because he put on 25 pounds of muscle. Um, and if it does, if his career turns around in any way, if he gets his batting average up to, like, 220, I would be shocked. I would love it. Like, do you, Chris Davis? But I would be shocked if he shows any... Um, even even a shadow of his former self, I'd be shocked. Um, and and so I think this is it will be really interesting throughout the season to watch the Brandon Hyde Chris Davis relationship because right now, as of day one in spring training, it's all love, baby. But I don't know how long that love uh, will will stay true. And I love this right. and Josh and and you mentioned about him striking out. And who cares at this point? My favorite tweet about Mark about Chris Davis both was, was by Mark Weathers who tweeted, people who don't want Chris Davis to get 500 bats have never seen Kumar Rocker highlights. And Kumar Rocker is the guy the projected to be pick. number one next year if we yep. get in last place. So um, Chris Davis should have 500 bats. He should strike out 500 times, and we should get the number one pick. It's all good. Yeah, uh, when we get closer to opening day, we'll do our little top 10 things to watch for this season to make to get through this season. And the Chris Davis, Brandon Hyde situation is definitely up there for things to get excited for, to watch for. Because either way, good or bad, it's something to watch for. I wondered if those comments were like, he was remembering Chris Davis coming at him in the dugout uh, last year and thinking, oh, there's no way Trumbo can hold him back this year. Well, because A, Trumbo's yeah. not there. B, right. 25 more muscles. pounds of pure muscle. Yeah, that muscle. <laughs> you better make nice with Chris Davis. Yeah. So hey, you know what? At least Mike at least Chris Davis did something this offseason. I'm just so tired of the off seasons of doing nothing. I rested. I, I, I rested to make sure I would be nice and rested to, so I'd see the ball better. Yeah. Um Yeah. So other I mean, all right, you wanna stay Orioles or you wanna say former talk former Orioles? I got I got other quotes and stuff here I wanna talk about. What do you got from former Orioles? I mean Kevin Gallsman. Did you see the Kevin Gosman quote? I did not. No, this is news to me. All right. All right. So I'm going to pull it up for accuracy. I'm going to find it. But Kevin Gosman was in the news this week. Because Does he have a job at this point? Where? Yeah, he's uh, he's one of the he's in one of the California teams. 
Okay. Because I know uh, he was he was we we traded him to the Braves and he was cut by the Braves. Yeah. So and this is I believe where's the where's Dylan Bundy? Angels. All right, I don't. All right, so he won a few. No, with he's the with Angels. the Giants. He's with the Giants. He's with the Giants. Yeah. All right. So here was the quote that came out when Kevin Gosman, uh arrived in the Giants. They asked him about his time with the Orioles. Oh, yeah, I did see this. I did see this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is embarrassing for the Orioles as yeah, well. This was early in the week, yeah. Yeah, with the Orioles, to be honest, there really wasn't a plan written up for each guy. And looking back now, that's crazy. After I got caught up in 13, no one sat down and talked to me about how my stuff, about my stuff and how it plays. Not until I got traded to Atlanta. That kind of shows you where they were at. We had a really old school manager in Buck. I don't think he really liked the analytical side of things. He kind of used his eyes and what he saw. Gosman credited the pitching coaches Wallace and Cheedy, and Bud Evans goes on, as for pitching to your strengths and knowing what type of pitcher you are and what works for you and what doesn't, I really didn't find that out until I got to Atlanta. <laughs> That's, that is such an Orioles comment. Because you think back of like Jake Arrieta leaving the Orioles and having great success, and everyone wanted to say, oh, it's because he moved to the National League. It's just because he had a bad attitude in Baltimore. Maybe there was more going on in Baltimore than a bad attitude of a pitcher that was causing pitchers to not develop in Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. I mean, I think there's mixed – I mean, I mean, it's, it's telling, Josh, that we still have to go back to Jake Arrieta to talk about how the Orioles – uh, pitching staff sucks, right? Because like, sure. you're you're dating yourself a little bit there. Well, that's no, it's the also, most recent example. But I, I'm I'm going with Jake Arrieta because most pitchers get blown out of the league from the Orioles. It's hard to get another chance when you leave the Orioles. Okay, so well, it's going to be all eyes on Kevin Gosman and Dylan Bundy this year to see what they do on other organizations. Well, we've already seen it, Josh. Congrats, Kevin Gosman, to go to a new organization yeah, where you're given information. That. And what happened to Kevin Gosman? He got cut because he couldn't cut it. At least Dylan Bundy it. kept a job. I mean, I mean what, what a joke. Same with Zach Britton, who talked about, oh, I went to the Yankees and the, the analytics departments. Oh, yeah. Um, blew my mind. Him. Yeah, but explain explain this to me, Zach Britton. Why did you have your best years with the Orioles? So maybe some of this is, yes, more information, but it doesn't always equal better pitcher. Uh, I would argue he had his best years in Baltimore. And Dylan Bundy, I think, had his best years in Baltimore, too. I don't think he's going to go to the Angels and win a freaking Cy Young. Uh, but you're right, Josh. It, it, it shows. And, hey, listen, as a fan, no, the Orioles never sat down to me with me and said, hey, listen, Matt, we want you to boo a little bit less. We need you to work on to, to work on cheering when when you get to two strikes. We need you to stand up in the ninth inning. No one sat well, down no. with me and tell me what I need to prove improve on my fandom. No, I just I kind of knew should. I worked on my own game. Bad, we got a lot of bad fans that I think could definitely use some training and coaching on how to be a fan. That's probably true. That's, that's probably true. But no, I, I think it's the it's the responsibility to a certain extent of these players. Now listen, things have changed though. We now do sit down with, with 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 players, and we kind of talk about a plan. And part of this, I think, is changing all around baseball because I think the Orioles were just a little bit, maybe five years behind all the other teams with with doing this. But but now I think we're much more structured. So I think the future, like if you were to talk about Grayson Rodriguez, like he has a clear like plan. I know they talked with him about what 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 he needs to work on. Same with guys like Keegan Aiken. Like there's clearly is a plan and an agenda here, um, and but this is the same story like we saw with Nick Marquez. I mean with Zach Britton too, where you go to more uh, to other teams and you get new information, and it's one of those t- things where if you're Kevin Gossman, if you're any pitcher or batter, you don't know what you don't know, right? Like when Kevin Gossman's pitching here, if he spent his whole career here, he would never know that there's like a different way that. Other organizations do this, um, so I, I I don't knock Kevin Gossman for now saying that, but at the same time, it's tough to take from Kevin Gossman when he had more success in Baltimore than he did in Atlanta. It's hard, a little bit hard to take him seriously. And I know other people want to throw out the examples of like, like Josh Josh Haters or like Zach Davies or Zachy Daves, yeah. if you prefer. Yeah, I don't think they've or, proven themselves yet. Well, 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 well. Josh Hader certainly has, but those guys were traded so early on in their career 
that right. It, they didn't it, get the big leagues. Yeah, yeah, that doors and other guys like Parker Bridwell. People want to point out, well, Parker Bridwell had a nice year for the Angels and then dropped off again. So, I mean, I think the results are mixed. I just think it's real, this baseball thing, hitting and pitching is just really hard. It's really hard to do it consistently. It's really hard to do it well. Does talking about a plan and doing this kind of the analytics about what works does that help? Sure. But there's a lot of other factors that go into whether you're successful as a pitcher or not. And and just to sum it up, I mean, we've also had guys like Bud Norris had some of their best years uh, as, as a starter here in Baltimore. So it's always a mixed bag. So I'm always I, – I get what Kevin Gossman's saying, but at the same time, I'm always like, don't hate on my man Buck Showalter. I know we got to throw my man Buck in there. All right. Um, let's see. Do you like all the former Orioles coming back? to help out with Hardy, Roberts, Conine, whoever else is down there. Yeah, I don't care. Sure. All right. Do you uh, believe that David Hess is going to – do you see David Hess went to whatever during the offseason, went to the same performance thing that John Means went to? Yeah, P3 or something. Uh, P3, yeah. yeah, it worked for John Means. Is it going to work for David Hess? Well, I don't know. We've if seen da- flashes with David Hess. If David Hess is good this year – Every Orioles pitcher we spend in the, the, the next offseason at that P3 performance center or whatever. Right. Can the Orioles just buy P3 if this works? Well, I think the, the plan is, though, maybe not David Hess, but they brought in 100 pitchers. And so they're hoping that they're, one of them right. kind of uh, catches magic. I, if you bring enough I, in, I'm I surprised they didn't 36. call you, Josh, and bring you in. I believe it was 36 pitchers. Yeah, and 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 you 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 didn't mention we also brought in the veteran Malone, who it's hilarious. Yeah. His numbers, if you look at them, it's like the whole Duke and North Carolina thing. They played a thousand times, and they're five hundred and five hundred. The Malone and and uh, LeBlanc, this literally the same exact pitcher, right. left-handed pitchers, the same exact stats. It's kind of eerie how similar Malone and LeBlanc are. So you have two really bad pitchers, I guess, if you're, I saw, if you're into it, go for it. Saw lots of Oriole fans sharing the quote from Malone saying that other organizations made him offers, but he wanted to come to, but he came to Baltimore. Baltimore's the place like, to be, baby. Yeah. Get him free agents. I saw agents. a lot of people sharing it that way, when really it's like he's a pitcher with a minor league deal. Baltimore has his best chance of making a big league squad. Yeah. Like, it's not a, I love this organization. It's, I want in the big leagues. All your pitching sucks. I have a shot. I believe in myself here. Yeah, but at the same time, he's, he's probably has more competition here than any other organization in baseball because we got, I don't know how we compare with other teams, but I almost guarantee you, we have the most pitchers in spring training. Uh, we have more oh, pitchers in spring training than, than any other teams in baseball. So, is but like, good for him. So, um, and I hope he can, I hope we can get a year out of him. Like, why not? Uh, it doesn't hurt to try it. And if it doesn't work out, he can cut him, but he's throw him in there. He's, he's part of the competition. Right. Right. Um, you excited that Madison's going to show some spring training games. Do you like this? Do you watch spring training baseball games? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm super into it. And especially the early games when you get to see Adley Rushman maybe play for an inning. And then they do uh, like... Well, I don't know if you're going to get to see that. Really? Have you looked at the schedule? There's a game they on Saturday. Showing, not on TV. I thought there was a game on Saturday on TV. Not on Masson. Masson announced, uh, if you got it right here. The 23rd. When is that? Is there a game on 23rd? On Saturday. That's Sunday, yeah. Uh, Per usual, we won't have the opportunity to watch Madison. Madison is scheduled to air seven live home games this season. Beginning, okay, beginning with the home opener on February 23rd. All right, so we do get that one. So you don't get the 22nd, you get the 23rd. Then you get the 26th, the 2nd, the 8th, the 13th, the 20th, the 22nd. So you're getting one a week. One One Madison spring training game a week. Yeah, like I'm excited for that, but I'm also pissed off that I only get one game a week. What is that nonsense? If you can do one game, why can't you do all the games, Josh? I agree. I think the Orioles should buy a <laughs> a baseball, uh, like a TV channel, and just own the rights, and that way they can broadcast whatever games they want and not have to deal with it. I have not seen – have you seen any announcement yet about uh, games on the radio or whatever? Is Steve Molesky doing his like uh, broadcast through his computer? Yeah, because they did all the games, right? Uh, last year with yeah. that. Yeah, they weren't. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think they should do, forget this, all right, do these seven games on Masson. I think the Orioles should take all the other spring training games 
and like broadcast them through like Periscope or Snapchat or something. I just jo- put an put an iPhone there. I think you should do that, Josh. I think I think you should take your iPhone down there, charge people a quarter a, a game. I would pay it and uh, and get your video out there. I mean, even get your wife Mandy out there for two different angles, and you can make some good money doing that, Josh. I and I think the broadcast would be about the same quality as that MILB ticket. Yeah, probably the minor league games. Probably, and I also saw that Madison had a drone. You could take your drone out there too, get some overhead shots. That would be uh, cool. My drone got stolen by the movers. Oh, sad All face. Court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't understand why there's only seven games. Uh, I guess I'm hoping maybe some of these away games are going to be broadcast by their team, so then maybe we can see those through the app, through the MLB TV stuff. And, uh, yeah, hopefully they're at least on the radio because there's nothing like, like I've, it was 87 degrees down here today. Like, I've got the warm weather, but I need baseball on the radio with the warm weather. Yeah, I mean, and, and to be honest, like, most of the games are happening in the afternoon, and I'm working, so I can't watch them anyway. And I really exactly. can't even listen to them because I'm working, and I really can't listen to games while I'm teaching. I can do the whole earbud while I'm teaching, but if I get caught wearing that, that can be a little, I can get in trouble like that way. But well, well, Masson is rebroadcasting all these games because they're all one o'clock games. They're rebroadcasting them again in the evening, so you can watch it when you're at home. Well, I don't have Masson, but I can watch them on the MLB app when I when I get home. Um, maybe it all depends on the uh, on the blackout restrictions. So you're going to have to get a little thing to get around the blackout restrictions. But even the blackout restrictions only apply until because I did this last year until the games end, and then you can watch. Them. Okay. Um. Then maybe so. You might be able to do that. You, so, gotta, you just got to stay off Twitter, which is complicated. I'll, I'll get you around the blackout restrictions. All right. I'll help you out. All I right. found I found some ways to deal with it. So we're all good there. All right. Um. I want to talk about the MLB new rules, but we can save that for next week. We got plenty of time to talk about the rule changes. Yeah, so, I need to brush up. I mean, it's the the three batter minimum. Which I don't. I One, think people are making yeah. a bigger deal th- than it really is. And then the twenty-six man is there. Is there other thing? And then the September rules? call-ups is only twenty-eight men. Okay, yeah. Which so that changes things. Um, oh, and don't forget about the big rule about two-way players. What's the rule there? New, just how they have to be declared and how, in order to be a two a two-way player doesn't count against your pitchers. And they made this whole uh, rule for two-way players, and there's one in Major League Baseball. So does it affect Stevie Wilkerson pitching? Uh, it does not because he will still be a one-way player, so he can still come in. But he's—it's all—it's all about key. It's all because Major League Baseball of your twenty-six men, you have a cap of thirteen pitchers. Uh, so a two-way player does not a true two-way player does not count against your your uh, pitch number number of pitchers. But if Stevie Wilkerson pitches, he then becomes a two-way player. No, it's a limit. Like you got to pitch in order to be classified uh, as a two-way player, you have to pitch one tw- in twenty games and hit in twenty games or something like that. Is there anyone besides Shoyotani that this? Oh, and there's a guy for no. Tampa Bay too. So there's a guy for Tampa Bay. I forget his Coming name. Up. That came up last but yeah, year. It's all for Otani, and it's but really Otani. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So I think we can we can dig into that next week. Okay, we'll get Bob to- Man. Rob Manfred made positive comments about the Orioles. Yeah, that we kinda, aren't moving. Is that because I, I saw yeah. a report <laughs> or something? Right. Yeah, we, got we people are fired moving. up again. Yeah, that Baltimore is a great place for baseball. Yeah, people are still think we're still moving to Nashville. I, it's hilarious, right? Like, even if he said, no matter what he said, like even saying something nice about Baltimore, why is he saying something nice about Baltimore? Does he feel the need to say something nice about Baltimore? Because does he know something that 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 we don't know? Baltimore fans are so paranoid, and maybe right. rightfully so with our history, but they're so paranoid, it's hilarious. Baltimore's not yeah. going anywhere. He's, he said he hopes the Masson dispute ends soon. I feel like we've been hearing that for five years. Yeah, we know where he stands on that one. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right, and next week we'll also have some uh, spring training baseball to talk about, some actual games. Yeah, first games this weekend. Yeah, that should be fun. All right, guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Section 336. Check us out on iTunes and um, Twitter and Facebook. 
Instagram. Leave us a five-star review. We appreciate it. We got some uh, new reviews the past couple weeks, or the past few weeks, I should say. Appreciate those new reviews. Keep the reviews uh, I'll, coming. I'll find them. I'll find them. I'll share them next week. Yeah, I, I looked at it a few days ago, and there was a couple new ones that since since I last flipped. All so, right, so, thanks for giving me the heads up. Yeah, so keep those five star reviews coming. Um, Do any of them talk about the way I talk? No, unfortunately, no. So keep those comments coming too. <laughs> okay, but no, I think if you criticize Josh, you also have to criticize me. So you got to get a you got to hit us both with that one. But go ahead and follow us on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car? while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes out to iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, They take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com.